Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy. I invite you to join me as we explore what it looks like to choose joy in the messy middle while embracing the inspiration, intention, and action that you can take to find joy in your every day. This is your host, Paula Jenkins. Welcome to episode 277 here on Jumpstart Your Joy. This week on the show, I'm really honored to be joined by the five podcasters behind the Best Parts Podcast. They are life coaches, Louise Neal, Nikki Baker-Wolf, Laura Lively, Sarah Dole, and Kim Romaine. It's so fun to have six coaches, myself included, talking about how we are looking back on the year 2020 and what we want to put our intention around the year 2021. Uh, We recorded this in December of last year, and there's a lot of interesting conversation about how did we process the things that were going on, some things that each of us did as coaches to give ourselves a boost as we looked at some of the difficult things that were unfolding in the last year. And we also talk about, of course, some really lovely ways to jumpstart your joy. If you're new to the show, I want to give you a very warm welcome and say that I am so glad that you are here and that you are tuning in. You can find out everything you need to know and listen to 276 past episodes over at the website, which is jumpstartyourjoy.com. And if you want to find the episode notes that go along with this show, you can find them over at the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash episode 277. And that's where you'll find links back to everyone's websites and some of the notes on what we've talked about here. And while you're there, there's some exciting things going on in the Jumpstart world right now. The first being that I will be releasing my very first book on February 16th of 2021. If you want to pre-purchase it, the title is Jumpstart Your Joy, Heart-Centered Ways to Find Joy in the Messy Middle. And of course, finding joy in the messy middle is the theme for season six here on the podcast. If you decide that you would like to pick up a copy, you can find the link on the homepage of the website. And for anyone who pre-orders, I'm also throwing in some goodies like a free copy of the audiobook (laughs) when it comes out and some other little goodies that I want to send you just as a celebration for launching this book and what a journey it has been. It really has been six years in the making and it is all new stuff. You'll hear some of the things you love here, but it really isn't, um, it's not a rehash of past episodes or anything. It's all new stuff just for you. So let's dive in here. It was a real treat a little while back to be invited to be a guest on the Best Parts podcast. And I had such a good time with the women of that show, all five of them, that I decided to invite them to come on to talk about how we approach the year 2021. It seemed like a really interesting conversation to have with five other life coaches. We've all been through the Courageous Living Coach Certification Program. And What are some of the tools that we have as coaches that we tap into when we're going through difficult times? And how do we approach a time of the year where so many people put together resolutions, uh, unpopular opinion alert, I'm not about resolutions or bucket lists. (laughs) You can find out more about that in past episodes. But I think especially now more than ever this year, 2021, after we've all been through so much, and it's clear that this isn't going away anytime soon with the pandemic and the difficult things that are going on. How do we make space for ourselves to um, 
to ground into things that are meaningful to us, to find joy out here in the messy middle, and to make sense, if we can, of the things that are going on in our lives. So I think you're really going to love this conversation, and let's just jump right on in. I am so very excited to have the five podcasters behind the Best Parts podcast. I have Kim, Laura, Louise, Nikki, and Sarah. Welcome to the show. It's so good to have y'all here and so exciting that it's the first episode here of 2021. And I mean, I'm excited about a new year. And would each of you, before we get into all that and life coaching goodness and podcasting goodness, would you like to share what you loved as a child or in school? What were your earliest sparks of joy? Laura, you want to kick it off? I do. I do. I do. From the time I was six years old, I wrote my very first poem. And when I was seven, I think, or eight, I did speaking over the microphone in the principal's office. And so those two things really, and I still know the poem. Do you want to hear it? Yes. I have a dog. His name is Jack. He's brown in front and brown in back. Wow, he's nice. Boy, it's true. He will even laugh and say hello to you. Oh my gosh, that was wonderful. I can see little Laura saying this poem like as she's walking down the hallway. Very sweet. Kim, we can jump to you. What were some of your earliest sparks of joy? Oh my gosh, everything. Still are. (laughs) (laughs) The end, we're done. I'm that one. I'm I'm the one that like, I total sparks of joy. And what's so fun is with my 10 year old, I see the total sparks of joy with her too. But for me, it was, it was imaginative play. It was cooking. It was celebrating. Like I learned at a really early age that I love throwing parties and getting people together. So just being happy and playing and being in the moment before I knew what being in the moment was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Kim is very sparkly. She is like our sparkly one. I am a glitter bomb. I can relate to that. Sometimes it just happens. Right? <laughs> yeah. How about you, Louise? What were your earliest sparks of joy? I remember like the thing that came back to me when I uh, read this question was the sports that I was involved in in school, really being a part of a team, loving all of the the basketball, the soccer, the baseball, all of that, and really being a part of something bigger than myself was something that I really, really loved. And I have a bit of a competitive streak. So, you know, feed the beast and it it turns out good. Feed the beast. I'm stuck on that. (laughs) (laughs) Louise is like our most mild mannered, chill, sweetheart. And so to hear her say that was delightful. I held two wide sides of what brought me joy because I loved books. We can talk babysitters club and Nancy drew and all of those lovely things. And I loved performing. I was the little kid, watch our recital. Let's put on a show. Let's dance. And so I realized as I discovered I'm an ENFP, it's the most introverted of the extroverts. And so I need both of those times, that quiet reading and the loud performance. So Mm. it's funny how that tracks back to how I am now. (laughs) It's very cool. And Sarah, how about you? I have a couple sports saved my life when I was growing up. It was like the joy of everything. I played golf and soccer and basketball and all the things, but camping was a huge one. And we just resurrected that as a family a couple of years ago, where we do a camping trip every summer. So just being outdoors is a huge thing for me. And I have to throw in my mom's mac and cheese that she baked hot dogs into Mm. weird and amazing. Those are my sparks of joy. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's interesting because I really loved rice a as a kid. I did not live in San Francisco, but now I live very near <laughs> ding, there. So, yeah. Does anybody else want to sing it now? Rice-a-roni. I already am in my head. It's really exciting. And I, I'm so delighted to have you all on for this very first episode, just because I love that your show is about the best parts, which of course are all the parts of our lives, because I think there's a really big desire, or at least I get the sense that so many of us in different ways really want to be like, we're slamming the door on 2020, calling it a dumpster fire. And we're like, thank goodness we're out of that. But I think there's something that's really juicy about the middle of all of this, because one, I don't think all the problems that we've come up with and seen in 2020 are just going to end. It's this, what, the clock strikes midnight. Like, that's not a thing. And that much of the turmoil that's been put into motion across the board is also going to stay in play. And so I'd love to spend some time talking with you about, you know, maybe what are the parts that you saw of 2020 that you want to acknowledge, even for yourself or for all of us, that stood out as transformational? Because I think that's really what it's about. Not that it's good or bad, but like there's a lot of transformation to look at. My life is always different. I don't have any two years that I feel like are easy or the same or consistent even. So 2020 was that for me on a more global scale where more people were experiencing it with me. And I actually got to lean in harder to those uncomfortable places because there was people to be uncomfortable with. Usually I'm kind of the warrior just getting through whatever I need to on my own. But this year I could call people and say, I'm having a tough time. And they would be right in that space with me because they got to experience it. So it let me explore vulnerable places in a different way, which Mm -hmm. was challenging, but very enlightening. It's that whole, like once, what once was, was no longer. So trying to hang on to some of that, right? Like talk about things that we used to do so easily, just all of a sudden got really, really hard. And really leaning into that space. I feel like one of the things that I wanna carry with me through, well, because here in, in Canada, where I am, where oh, it's, it feels like it's only just beginning that 2021 will even be more of a challenge than 2020 for a lot of us. But it's that, it's that warrior too. It's that hell yeah, like, oh, look what I just did. That was really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And I made it. I had this question posed to me about gratitude. Like, what are you, what are you thankful for? Right around American Thanksgiving, we're all talking about, right? All, all, and I'm like, I'm thankful that I made it. I'm a warrior and I love everyone, but it's like, really, it's that warrior piece of me that I want to carry through and, and really discover more about who that is and, and lean more into, we call them the crunchy parts. 2020 was full of crunchy parts. Yeah. And so, yeah, for me, that's what I want to hang on to. I appreciate that 2020 showed us some of the places that we're not so proud of and that we get to now be conscious of making a change. I want to take that a little further from Louise that the crunchy parts were hard for me for a while. And I felt like, oh my God, how am I going to get through this? The gym is closed. I can't go meet people. The restaurants are closed. And I don't want to put like this fake silver lining on 2020, but I do know that there were some things I learned in 2020 that I wouldn't have learned if we didn't have 
COVID and all of this stuff, like right. Zoom calls with my family. I, I've lived on the West Coast for three and a half years and I never have done that before. And now I meet with my family on Zoom once a week, you know, like working out and doing push-ups in my kitchen because the gym is, a, is closed again and really learning to be really creative with food because we're not going to restaurants. I've just found like creative ways to do things. And I, I just think it's teaching me that I'm stronger than I thought, which is kind of fun to experience, even though it was kind of a crappy year. Overall, I just feel proud of how I've handled this year mostly. And I want to go into 2021 feeling like I can just keep going. I think the biggest point that you made that I completely agree with is, gosh, wouldn't it be nice that in 1231, a magic wand came in and it all went away? Um, Sadly, it's not going to work that way. And I think I've treasured the ability to, you know, have the connection and figure out other forms of connection. And how do you live in a space where we've never had to live before? I mean, this is a weird time. Nobody, none of us were, you know, born in 1918. It's been interesting and enlightening. And yes, I love that we now see that there are things that we need to change quite possibly. And so it's shown us the cracks and it's time for us to now fill those in, I think. Yeah. Or is it, there's that great poem about the the cracks or what the light, like lets the light shine yeah. through? Like where do we fill and where do we let the illumination take place? Because we can't not see some of the things that have that have come forth. Yeah. Thank you, Laura. And Kim, I think, are you still? Yeah. I think I'm kind of the odd man out that I got, or odd woman out. Um, I got to finally live the way I've wanted to live in many, many ways. I was able to set up my days the way that I want them to be set up. I was able to lean into connecting with people in ways that I don't normally do as an introvert. It's hard for me to just reach out. And now because everybody's at home, it it felt easier. It feels easier to be on a zoom call as an empath also, you know, not taking in all of the energy from other people, but I joke about it a lot. I feel like myself and my little family, my husband and our daughter, we're kind of built for this. Like we went, okay, we're hunkering down and we got our plans in order and we set her up um, with making regular connections with people and we made regular connections with people. And as a family unit, we had those opportunities to bond. My husband used to travel 60% of the time. He's been home since March. It's been awesome. So I really feel hashtag blessed that we had this time. I'm not happy for the reasons. And the cracks that are there, I don't want to say, well, I knew them that, that were there all the time. So whatever, but there, I was working on a lot of things that I saw already. And so for me, it's like, yes, more people are working on it. More people are seeing the light. More people are letting that light shine in. And I really have seen it as an amazing growth opportunity. And I'm hoping that a lot of people and my clients in particular and myself <laughs> are taking a hold of those opportunities of, of finding the growth. And I know it sounds Pollyanna-ish, but it just, for me and my family, it's been a a huge blessing for us to really recognize what is most important and how we want to live our lives. And that's how we're going to move forward in 2021 and and beyond. I like that a lot. And I like there's the different perspectives here too, because I think all of us have 
and probably throughout the year had very different takes on this is great or this is awful, right? Like ah. kind of depended day to day. Um, yeah, I know for myself, I'd chosen the, my word for the year was foundation, which um, has made me chuckle to myself many times just because what it, it flipped it on its head because it wasn't so much like the foundation I was building. It was that we're going to tear it all down because now you can build. I mean, it's like, it's bizarre. And it also gave me the space to say, I'm no longer going to put up with this bullshit in my life. Like the pieces that were no longer doable Mm -hmm. or for me, but also for society, like this, everything went snap into place clear. Like there was clarity, like there'd never been before. So yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird place. And I see, as I think Louise, you were saying too, that like, this isn't, this is the beginning. Like this isn't the, yeah, this isn't the end. (laughs) This is the beginning of probably a huge amount of change throughout the entire, I'll say ecosystem of our lives that it's going to be really interesting to watch. Mm -hmm. See, interesting. I love that word. That's, I say that often. It is very interesting times, right? They're not good. It's not bad. It's all a mix of interesting bits. Would you like to tell a little bit of the background about how you decided to start a podcast? Because obviously I I love a, I love a good podcast and it's an interesting format too, because (laughs) there's five of you (laughs) in your round table. That's totally unique. I feel like Nikki should start with this because I feel like it kind of, I don't know if everyone agrees, but it kind of started with the the brainchild of Nikki who said it to Louise, who said, let's do this. And then someone (laughs) said, there's this lady, Paula, who runs this five-day challenge. And it's really cool too, because we have, just for the audience, we have a connection that is through CLCC, uh, Courageous Living Coach Certification Program with Kate Swoboda, Kate's Courageous. We were a few years different in our, our graduation dates, but it really is a great place to explore if you're looking to become a coach or want the training of it. It really was just a way for all of us to figure out, like, how can we spend more time together? I think it it just kind of came from that Nikki being a connector, right? It's like, how can we just bring more of ourselves so that we get to spend time together? And and then also, what is that kind of that spinoff benefit? And so we just kind of mushed it around for a little bit. And then, yeah, to to connect with you and your challenge was like, it was amazing. Cause it was like, all of a sudden I was the project manager. And we're like, we're doing this and get, make sure that you're, is everybody got their day done? Like, let's go. I feel like we had 24 meetings before we even recorded for the first episode. And then we At recorded least. our first episode and we all hated it. Yeah. I mean, if anyone wants to hear my most awkward episode, it's probably, I think around seven or 12. And it's like, when I told some of my backstory and it's, I mean, it's still out there and, you know, kind of Marie Forleo. You could go back and look at all of her past things. Not that I think I'm at her level, but like, but I think it's good to leave the old out there just to see where people have come from and what they did when they started. And since we started, we've met two days a week, minimum, almost every single week since April, May, somewhere in there when we started. Sometimes it's three times a week because we record, we would have a recording day. So we have spent a lot of virtual time together and talking to others through this time. And it's funny because I had an idea about a month before I said anything to Louise. And when I brought it up to Louise, I was crunched in my chair, whispering to her, I have this kind of crazy idea. And she just exploded joy all over the place. And I was like, I'm in, this was my idea, but yes, you said, yes, we're going to do it. 
then <laughs> Louise brought it to the group and she was like, so we have this idea that Nikki and I have been, and she didn't think we, and the three of us were like, <laughs> yeah. We've kind of talked a little bit about the ways that we can look at what has happened in the last year. And I'm also curious about, because you have been through life coach training, and so we all have this common background and common language of how can we hold some of what we were experiencing and will continue to experience? Like, what's the container for these things? Like, when the hard emotions come up or the overwhelm hits or whatever it is, what do you find your yourself going to make it through that moment or that day or, or that week as, as things hit and are difficult? Well, I think for me, I go to the shared human experience. For me, that's the heart of it. I, I've always felt this way. And part of my growth evolution over the this year has been able to really speak into this and own how heart-centered I am and how connected I feel to humans. So I think for me, it's kind of what Nikki was saying about having somebody to reach out to. I don't even necessarily need to reach out to somebody. I can feel connected because I know we're all going through it. When I want that connection point, it's there, which is amazing, but it's that shared human experience and that, like, what is my heart wanting right now? And that's really, that's what brings me back to, okay, I can breathe through whatever feels challenging. She talked about breathing and I would have to say for when some of this gets hard, I go back to the tools that I have worked on over the last couple of years to have from... I started meditating last year. If you told me 10 years ago, I was going to be a meditator. I would have laughed at myself, but now I'm like, that is what's getting me through meditating, journaling, you know, Marco Poloing with this group and like seven other group messages I'm on. And, and plus we have 52 built-in coaches for ourselves through our cohort. And if I need a coaching session, I've got it. I think it's the connections that were made through this year have really, really helped me and the tools that I already had started to put into place that I know, you know, are going to help me get through. I am an internal family systems practitioner and understanding that those feelings I'm feeling don't have to swamp me, that I can get some space from them and then work with them so that they know that I see and feel them and understand their perspective really has changed my ability to get through situations like a pandemic. And like Sarah said, I started on that journey two years ago, but if somebody came to me and said, Lara, somebody on the street that doesn't know anything about parts work, doesn't know anything about IFS, and you wanted them to start one thing, uh, what would it be? I would say gratitude list. I have learned that having a daily gratitude list has shifted the way I think. So I've used this example. We had a really bad hailstorm come through and and windows got broken all of the cars on the property were damaged the all of the siding on both of our houses were damaged and the first thing I said was thank god it wasn't worse I'm just so grateful that it wasn't worse and a daily gratitude list I've done this for three years running now has changed how I think perceive anything anytime anything occurs the first thing I think is oh I'm so grateful it wasn't worse and so if I was going to start somebody who's maybe in their infancy on starting to figure out how can they live a better life, I would say start with a gratitude list, even if you have to like cheat. I have a cheat sheet. When I'm having a bad day, then I'm going to write my parents. I'm going to write my husband. I'm going to write my sister. I'm going to write that I have a nice house. I'm going to write you guys. I have a cheat sheet that if you know all else fails, I've got a backup sheet for my gratitude list, but I don't miss that. I do that every single day. 
And, you know, I've learned with gratitude lists, they don't always have to be based in positivity. It could be like, I'm grateful I didn't punch someone in the face at the vegan section of the Whole Foods today. <laughs> I got a gratitude journal from a player of a team I coach and, it, and there's like a write-up in the beginning. And that's what the woman says is sometimes you have to be proud that you didn't yell at someone or you didn't like honk your horn at someone. Like sometimes that's my gratitude. Like I'm glad I didn't lose my shit today. <laughs> I think for me, I'm almost like the opposite of Kim. So I feel like there are, there have been times over the last year where I find myself in, well, before lockdown, where I was in a place where I would look around and I would see everybody in masks. Like, is this really happening to my world, to the world? Like, honestly, I felt like I was in a zombie movie. Like, is this really, really what's going on? And that gets very overwhelming and, and starts to, to consume that piece of me. And so for me, it's like coming back into the small little details. So what do I get to do every day that allows me to be very grounded and centered in my world? Because when I think about the, the global impact of what's going on, it scares the crap out of me. So what can I do to bring it down, to bring it real? Like, right, walking my dog or sitting by the fire outside my little fire pit, my lawn chair and a sleeping bag. I get to roast marshmallows with my kid or like, what are those things that, that are just closer to me? Because when I think about the, the bigger thing that gets really, really scary. And, and so no news for me, if there's something important in the world, somebody's going to tell me, and then I'll be able to manage that. But for me, it, it's coming back into uh, myself and staying out of that, out of that zombie movie. Cause that gets really scary sometimes. It's so interesting, Louise, because that fear we a hundred percent share that. I mean, I was having panic attacks going out of my house and seeing what was happening around. And it's so interesting how we respond, our response. Well, I, I think is different because I talk about thinking about the connection with other people. It really is about my heart, right? So it is, it's, it is interesting how it it's different, but it's the same. It's like inside out of the same thing. For me, it's a few things. The first is what can I cope with, manage, deal with right now? Where am I right now? How do I feel right now? And working in that, or even just allowing that to be so much of the past was, I feel bad. I need to feel better. I just heard somebody talking today about, I'm having a hard time. I can power through. I know I can do it. And my little coachy antenna went up and wanted to say, do you have to, can you just be in the hard place right now? To a complete stranger, I did not do that because boundaries, but it was funny because I laughed at myself for my response, but it also brought me to the consciousness of that shift. It happened gradually, but also kind of abruptly of this is right now. I have my cup of tea. I have my dog and I can watch a cheesy Hallmark movie and I can be okay right now, even though it's hard and I can be in the hard and it can be okay. And the other container I've set for myself, because I can't control the whole world, I can't control who wears masks and who doesn't. And it's being a responsible citizen, what I feel is 
respecting the people around me and also myself. What are my boundaries? People get too close. I will walk to the middle of the street with my dog if I have to, to go around people, not just for me, but also for them because you just don't know. And so I do the best I can to take care of myself, but also being mindful of taking care of others in that. So I can say that I did my best. I don't know if I'm spreading germs everywhere. I don't know who I'm coming into contact with. I don't know if I pick up a case of toilet paper who touched it before me, but I just have to be okay with doing the best that I can. I love all of them because I think we've all found different ways to get through a moment that's terrifying. I mean, I think we probably all had one of them where, you know, for me, I remember going to Costco really early. My parents had been traveling when the whole thing hit and we didn't even know what they'd get home. Like it was bizarre. And I was like, and they have no food when they get home. So I went to Costco and standing in that line, I'd never been so terrified and not, I mean, there was way too many unknowns. And so it really, in that moment, it was okay, just the next step. Do they have the next thing I need on the list? Is this something they want maybe? And I'll just get it anyway, because who knows and not hoarding anything. I think all of us taking stock in the things that we did and that we've been through to know, yeah, that that was unlike anything we've done before. And it might sound a little silly that it's Costco, but it was still <laughs> hair raising. And I know one of my favorite things, and I can link up to it, but just even a centering prayer or a centering meditation where, you know, I'm really just kind of visualizing that the, the scary thoughts, I can kind of just push them away. Like not as a numbing out, but like there they are. That's frightening. And we're going to keep moving because <laughs> like if I stop and yeah. that becomes my focus, then that's where I am. And that can be too much. So thank you. And, and I, I love the various perspectives. I love what you just said because it's, it's acknowledging it. It's yeah. recognizing it and then just letting it move on. And, and it, 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 that's so important is that we have that recognition that it exists and then we can let it go. Yeah. Well, and when we keep fighting it, that's when it stays around because it wants it's trying to do something for you. It doesn't mean that it's easy or we enjoy it, but it's trying to give you information. And so when we're fighting against that and trying to ignore it and packing our schedules and not being present, it gets louder and louder and louder because it wants you to listen. So to go off of that, I had two, two different people in my life today talk about feelings they were having and they felt like they shouldn't be. Or, you know, I, I have a lot of anxiety because, uh, but you know, my work isn't hard and I'm just at home. So why do I have anxiety? I'm like, I don't know, worldwide pandemic, you know? And it's like, you're, it's okay to have anxiety during what feels like a downtime. It's okay to be sad when you're going through something and you have to feel the sad to get to the joy. Right. And that's something that's two separate people within an hour said that to me. Now I'm like, just feel your effing feelings for God's sakes. It's okay. Yeah. You don't have to always be strong. I think we forget that our capacity is different right now. Like, and we think that we are operating in this place that we operated a year ago and like, and here we are like, like, yeah, we got this or, you know, the shoulds and the shouldn'ts all come in. It is a different time, something we've never experienced before. Our capacity for doing things for regular things Mm -hmm. is just different. It's not good. It's not bad, but we get into this compare, right? Like, like why, why am I feeling this way? Why am I not feeling that way? Or I should be able, I should be able to do this. And it's like, says who? Well, cause yeah, I mean, even the trauma and the fear that you feel in an everyday situation, 
I mean, that's real. Like, yes, it's not just you overreacting or whatever. It's like it's real and it takes a toll. I, and I know many people who, myself included, were just exhausted by the end of the day. Like, 8.39, I'm kind of falling asleep during watching TV time. Like, well, Our stress baseline is so much higher. And that taxes our physical system, too. It taxes our adrenals, our whole endocrine system. And so instead of operating at that zero, our everyday baseline is maybe a five because of that stress. And it's exhausting. So I think kindness there is the the key. One of the things since it's the new year, I know we'll also get chatter about resolutions. <laughs> and if anyone's listened to no. past years, and I'm like, well, I don't like resolutions. And I also, maybe unpopular opinion alert, don't like a bucket list, but for different reasons. As far as resolutions, I feel like even just the setting up of things, partly because I bet there is some big expectation in so many of our heads that like, oh, change is coming. And then it's just we're waiting for vaccines. It, like, it's not going to change that fast. So how are you all approaching setting intentions or putting together a wish list? Or like, is there some other way that you're approaching the the transition between the years and, and what you hope for the next year? I think time is a construct. Who cares if it's December 31st or January 1st? Like, why are we waiting until January 1st to set a goal? So I, I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. I used to. Um, I work out all the time. The gym in January, which isn't happening now, but the gym in January is really funny because then February 1st, it looks a lot different than January 1st, right? Because resolutions people set, it's like you, you've got all, all different times that you can make these little changes throughout your life. I do one thing every year is set a word of intention for the year, which you talked about earlier. My word last year was courageous for obvious reasons with our coaching certification. I don't know what my word is for 2021 yet, but um, yeah, I just don't, I think I, I, you said bullshit earlier, so I'm going to say it now. I think resolutions are bullshit personally. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It is such a, a construct and I, I, obviously the gym is a great example of like, we're all going to do this. And then the, nobody really stuck with it. Where I'm curious about, I'm not going to use that B word, Kim. Well, actually, she says this bullshit. So ba balance is bullshit, right? So, yeah. But there has to be a balance between, or does there? Maybe this is a good question. Does there need to be a balance between me wanting to get things done versus I will not do a resolution? So I don't do quote resolutions. What I do is look at what can I get accomplished in a year? So I call them goals. So you ask, uh, I think you asked the question or somebody today asked the question, did you make changes? You know, what happens when the pandemic comes in? So for example, I plan to spend the last six weeks in Italy of the year and uh, that didn't happen. And so when I realized what had happened with the pandemic, I took out the goals and rewrote them and made them, you know, what they are because it's different now. However, like Sarah, I actually do a monthly check of here's what I'd like to accomplish this month. And then what do I need to do to turn those goals into action plans per week. And then I can check back and see where am I at. And so that has been really helpful for me. So I don't do resolutions, but I definitely like to have some, some now I'm not going to beat myself up. So example, I, you know, there's a couple of things that I meant to do, had it on the goals to do for 2020. It didn't happen. Bob's your uncle. It's fine. I don't really care. I'm not going to beat myself up about that. I don't do resolutions, but I do like goals. Um, then I set them monthly. 
Well, and I think that's um, when you do a new year resolution, people set like a year long goal and like, that's a long time. So I completely agree with Laura that I do a check-in at the end of every month. I actually do a Sunday night roundup is what I call it. At the end of every Sunday, I'd look back, how was my week? What could I have done better? What's my intention for next week? So I think it's just smaller steps to be able to get there. So maybe you set a goal of by the end of 2021, you want to be a certain person or do a certain thing, but then you got to step back and go weekly or daily or monthly goals. I think that that's what works for me. I like that. Yeah. I try and break it out so that like, I kind of have a running 10 things I'm working on. I sometimes will call it my 10 and three, but like, and then what are the three things I want to make sure I do this year? And so they need to be a little bit bigger. I didn't really think I was doing like writing a book last year when I started last year, but then it <laughs> kind of happened. And I was like, well, I guess I did kind of say I wanted to do it. So it surprises <laughs> me all the time when I'm like, I'm going to set the intention. And then sometimes my, you know, the energy just goes like, oh, I'm, I am going this way. Look at me. You kind of have to leave room for the pivots as they come up. So I glazed over while they were talking about goals and, and I can schedule and organize the hell out of anything. And if I set a goal or a list of intention or what, I, I am sure to not do them. I don't know if it's because my brain thinks because I wrote them down. It's because you're my rebel sister. And if we it tell ourselves what we have to do, we're going to say, too. that's nice. No right? way. So I will say that I have a vision for what I would like to accomplish and what I'm moving towards. There are no goals attached to that. I have, it's kind of like you're 10 and three. I, I do vision boards because I want that feeling because I go off of the feeling. I know those things that I want to bring into my world, whether it's over the next year, next two years, next month, whatever it is, I know that that's what I want more of that feeling. So that's where I focus my energy is I do some free writing. I do some reflection and then I create something from that. That's visual that gives me that touch point for whatever period of time it's up that I can then go, oh yeah, I am moving towards that, right? I've had this very similar picture of a place and it's been on whatever iteration of vision board that I've had for years. And I know I'm working towards either the feeling or the physicality of that place because that's what I want. Many years ago, I wanted more color in my life and I didn't know how that was going to show up. It allowed me to bring it in as art that I was creating, but also to connect with individuals that are artists, that are friends of mine, that I had no idea were even creating. And so I have art around our home that is made for me and from people that I've known throughout different types of times of my past, because I put something that was just very colorful on a vision board that I said, I want to move towards that. So that's kind of how I deal with it. And I do, our family sits down and we do this little exercise together around the new year. Sometimes it's before, sometimes it's after. And that usually is where my word for the year comes from. Mine was connection this past year. I'm already starting to play with words. So we'll see where that lands. But again, that's just a touch point. It's not a, there's not a goal attached to it. We get wrapped up a lot into the shoulds, right? Like I should be doing this. And I think that's where those resolutions kind of come in. So it's like, well, I haven't yet and I should be. So let's make a, 
let's make a resolution or let's make a statement and put it out into the world because that's what I should be doing. And I, we trip over ourselves so a lot. So what is it that you really want to bring more of into your life? For me, although a project manager loves goals and loves achieving deadlines, I actually realized in my personal life that I move better away from something than I move towards something. So if as I'm building my business and I, you know, I've tried to set these goals for myself, right? This is how many clients I want to work with or what's my net revenue or whatever that looks like. That doesn't work for me necessarily in my life. I look at what am I moving away from? I'm moving away from being financially dependent on another job or being financially dependent on another person. It motivates me in a completely different way, but I'm connected to that. Why, right? That thing inside me and, and let's just leave the shoulds where they belong and look at what really connects you with what you want to bring more of into your life. The vision of, you know, Kim, your answer of like, there is something I'm holding in a a bigger way that I know I'm heading towards that. And also, what do I want to move away from and towards something else for a greater sense of joy and contentment and and, uh, fulfillment? Yeah. And I sit kind of right in the middle of Kim and Louise, because I like to know what I'm moving away from. And the thought of goals and resolutions and like it hits all my structure buttons that aren't good for me. I rebel against structure. It's like the roadrunner. There'll just be a puff of smoke around me. And so because of that, I feel like I live in a jumble of arrows, very much the squirrel mentality. Oh, this way, this way, this way, this way, this way. And it doesn't move in a direction because I'm so busy darting my head all over the place. And so I have chosen my word and I'm making it a hyphenated word. So it's a word is consistency for momentum. So instead of having the bundle of arrows, they'll be stacked and moving in a direction that I'm calling an outcome because From my wild and varied experience, I know things move faster and slower than I expect. And some things I think will take a year might be taken care of in a month or things that I, hey, I can take care of this in a day. It's a month later and still trudging along. And so I know smart goals are a thing, again, that structure. But as long as I know what what outcome I'm moving towards, I can gauge what I am doing is if it's getting me closer to that or if it's moving me closer towards when I'm moving away from. Yeah, I really like that you've exactly called in the question, the smart goals thing, but I think we do get, it's another should, right? Like they should be all these things when maybe we don't even really know the why of why we want to go in a direction other than like we get an intuitive hit of like we really know this is what I want in my bones. And yeah, yeah. so I I did one of those um, I'm starting this weekend. I'm going to become certified as a labyrinth leader like an elaborate facilitator I don't even like what like I don't even, I don't know, even know what I'm doing <laughs> um but I like walking labyrinths and I like that it's been a curiosity of mine for years and I don't have an outcome I, like I'm excited about the doing and then we'll see where it goes you're um, walking the labyrinth of your labyrinth training that's right yeah. well it's being open to an opportunity without needing to know the like it does it feel good great it's all I need yeah. to know. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to fit in, and that's okay. It right. could be the windy path to see the giant, jolly green giant in southern Minnesota, even though it's a little bit out of your way. But 
That's why I have a hard time with that straight line is sometimes like the writing the book, I knew I wanted to do it, but it was happening this year. So sometimes that veer is the best. The the roadside attractions are the best. Can I share a notice? You can share a notice. (laughs) I adore these four human beings on this podcast and you, Paul, I don't know you very well yet, but these four women, we've worked together for so long and I didn't realize how fundamentally different we are and how amazing that is, right? Like everything Kim said, I'm like, I don't, I have to have a list. I have to not just write it, I need to do it. And then when Nikki said structure button, I'm like, that might be my word of the year. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it's just interesting because to hear what how we all operate so differently, but we've come together to create something and we it just works. So mm-hmm. I was having a moment and I wanted to share it. Don't you yeah. remember all those tests that we did to see yes. how we all fit in? Yeah. Yeah. We're very different. Well, and I think there's also something really special about being in community with other people. And and because I'm what I'd call an external processor. So I really appreciate having other people to bounce ideas off of and to hold space with and for. And like, I think if you, if a listener is wondering, like, how do I maybe find my way? Well, just start asking, like, my own masterminds are because somebody said, Hey, you want to be in a mastermind? And I said, yeah. So like, that's, you you could be the asker. That's, uh, that's a great through line as well is like, it doesn't have to have a why it could just be like, Hey, I really like talking to you. And can we talk again? Like, and I think there's something really interesting that comes out of normalizing experiences and having somebody to share with. And you guys are an amazing example of the magic that happens on many levels, <laughs> when people get together and just keep saying yes. It's funny, too, because the podcast was kind of the very baseline of where it was born from was we have fun conversations. I wonder if other people would be interested in listening to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Go towards the yes. <laughs> yes. I totally agree. What it's so interesting is I didn't realize until I got into this group that I was an external processor. I'm used to like doing my thing and getting stuff done and being, you know, doing my, and I have air quotes here, productivity level, right? I, I, I can churn out what needs to be churned out, but I'd never have had an opportunity to process as much as a man, if we processed a lot and, and I find that I crave it now, right? When, when I'm noodling on something, it's like, Ooh, can we talk this through? Because I know that I'm going to get to the answer Absolutely. I can be coached about stuff. I have great coaches that I can turn to, but it's that, it's that momentary. I just need to talk this through. And I know your word of the year was connection. So there's, there's some magic in there. There is. And I think too often we just keep going and doing the doings and then we don't stop to have a conversation with a friend or anyone. And, and we feel isolated when it's just that easy. Like it's the text saying, Hey, can you talk? Right can I work through this with you? So I think, um, would you like to share where people can find your podcast, but also each of you is a talented and working life coach as well. So would you like to share where people could find you and maybe what your specialty is? This is Sarah. You can find me at saradolcoaching.com. So it's S-A-R-A-D-O-E-L-L coaching.com and at saradolcoaching on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, my specialty, I'm still working on it, but movement, health, and wellness is something that I feel very confident helping people with. 
And as I'm working through with my first clients I've been working with, I would say I do a lot of intentional daily choices to create the future you want. So I do a lot of kind of my tagline is to move away from the shoulds to a life that you actually want to live. That is where you can find me. My website is Nikki Baker Wolf. And I love working with people who have been working on themselves and are ready to move into the next level, who need that support, who are discovering their verbal processors or can't quite break through and want support as they do it. Those are my people. That's my jam. As they're leaning into the, this non-traditional exploration that they're on. Very cool. I'm lauralively.com is where you can find me. And I tend to work with women who are on a journey of recovering their health. And I do use a lot of internal family systems as well as this coaching skills that we picked up this year. So lauralively.com is where you can find me. Thank you. I'll go next. Uh, you can find me at louisenial.com. I am a career renovation specialist. So I help people really dig into that idea of, you know, when you find yourself in a place where maybe you just don't want to be anymore and it's time to renovate what that looks like and how you show up at work and how work shows up in your life. And as a career renovation specialist, helping people with their career, with their leadership skills, like really stepping into getting away from this idea that work doesn't have to suck, right? It's that. I'm very active on LinkedIn. You can find me at Louise Neal on LinkedIn and at my website. Awesome. I guess that leaves me. I am Kim Romaine without the E. So it's just like the lettuce, but without the E. So R-O-M-A-I-N. Um, my husband wanted to be Danny Endive. He wanted to change his name for, for stage purposes. So if that helps you remember Romaine, I'm good with that. You can find me at kimromaine.com and I've started writing on Medium as well. And I work with individuals who have um, reached a level of success, whether they're leaders, uh, entrepreneurs, um, managers, they've reached that level of success in their life and they're going, ah, you know, I don't really have anything wrong, but I wish. And, and yet I'm too scared to lean into that wish, right? It's, and they may not even recognize it as fear. It's just that place of, I can't do what they're doing. I can't change my career because I've invested all of this time and money and energy and I'm really good at what I do and all my confidence is wrapped up in what I've built. So how can I possibly make a change even if I'm not 100% satisfied with what's going on? And so it may be small changes, it may be big changes that, that they end up taking on, but it's, it's something in their life they're wanting to change something. And, and so what I say is, you know, if you want something to change, change something, got to do it, right? Just got to step into that. And yes, I do believe that balance is bullshit. So there's that as well. And you can find all of us on our website at the best parts podcast. And that is where you can find past episodes, current episodes, find all of our links on those pages as well. Awesome. And when does season three launch? In January, the launch date, I believe, will be the first full week of January. Awesome. Okay. So I've never done this question with five people, but I would love to hear. You guys can kind of go round table again on things. But I mean, the last question that I love to ask everybody is, what are three ways that you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life, in the world, or in other people's lives? 
I'm giving credit to Lara for this because she put to our group, what is something that's only possible for you to do now during COVID? Mm. And to sit in that space of what is possible instead of thinking of all the things you can't do and that Lara's not in Italy and I don't just hop on a plane to go visit her there can say, you know what? This is what I can do. And it's snuggling with my giant hound mix dog and playing with his ears and kind of tormenting him a little bit because it's fun. <laughs> just like playing with his paws and, you know, those kind of things. And then like a hot cup of tea, some scones. I just happened to get some today and it was very lovely and it made me happy. So for me, it's listening to my heart. I mean, I, I think that's that's a big thing for me is just continuing to listen to my heart and being in that place of what feels really good. It's that place of, for me, of what even if I'm in a shitty mood, what's going to feel good right now. And usually it involves our daughter. Um, she is okay. I'm a glitter bomb. Uh, she, uh, she's what's bigger than a glitter bomb. I mean, a unicorn it, fart. I'm not going to tell my daughter she's a unicorn <laughs> fart. I was thinking of those airplanes that drop water on fires. Like she's in the air, just showering glitter on the universe. There we go. So the two of us together combust, right? It's, and like the giggles and the laughter and the joy oozes out of us. And if you see my, my personal stuff on Facebook and, and Instagram, you will see the joy that exists in our day-to-day -day lives. Um, so spreading that joy around, spreading the glitter around, it's contagious. Glitter is contagious. And I know a lot of people get pissed off by it. Deal with it. And then continuing to connect with lovely human beings such as yourselves. My three things of how to jumpstart your joy is to move your body every single day. And that doesn't mean go do some crazy ass workout. It could just be yoga or stretching or go for a walk, but move your body every single day. Um, nourish your body um, with really great food. And if you drink, enjoy a really good glass of wine. If not, have a great glass of LaCroix, whatever, like nourish your body with things that make you happy. And the last one is to let your guilty pleasures just be pleasures and don't let the guilt in. Just enjoy the hell out of everything. Amazing. Those were really well thought out. Mine were all very self-centered, which probably surprises nobody. The things that jumped start my joy is creation. I am an ideation person and I don't care if I'm writing fiction or if I'm working on an offering or content. I just love creation. So that creation in some form or shape or form is the thing that just makes me happy. And kind of tied to that is, though I've kind of, I've noticed that I've stopped doing it, is uh, some sort of craft, some sort of arts and crafts since we're glitter bombing everywhere. You know, I love to play with paper stuff. And so that's another thing that I just love to do. And then the third thing that really brings me joy is connecting with amazing folk. I have three, paying attention. So just paying attention to where you are, who you're with, right? Being in the moment, just paying attention to what's going on, like right now. Teach your dog a new trick. Like this brings me so much joy right now. I'm teaching my dog how to look for traffic at the end of the sidewalk. And I love it. It's really bringing me uh, joy because he gets so excited when he does it. And my last thing is this, like the laughter that we have had over the last 
hour or whatever we've been together, I just, it's just about finding things that make you laugh. Like, just like when you were a kid, right? Like when you could throw back and we all did this tonight, when you throw your head back and laugh, like, and no sound comes out, I think finding ways to do that. Like, yeah, you just, you can't lose. Mic drop. I love it. It has been such a treat to have all of you um, on the show. Thank you all for being here and, and for sharing and, and for giving such a lovely container for what 2020 was and, and what we're looking for in the next year. So thank you all for being on. Louise, Nikki, Laura, Sarah, and Kim, thank you so much for being on the show this week. It has been such a treat to get to know you all. And I really do love your delightful podcast, The Best Parts Podcast. Uh, if you want to find a link to them, to their show and their websites, if you'd like to get in touch with them, you can find everything you need to know over at the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash episode 277. And that's where you'll find episode notes. Uh, while you're there, of course, you can pre-purchase my book, Jumpstart Your Joy, Heart-Centered Ways to Find Joy in the Messy Middle. And that is released on February 16th of 2021. Of course, there's some goodies up for grab if you pre-order and those get shipped out directly from me. So you'll get a little note as well. You can find that at jumpstartyourjoy.com. And you can also sign up for the newsletter over on the website. As you probably recall, this show is now coming out every other week as I am also building out my business website and uh, launching a book and <laughs> launching a second podcast. So there's some things in the works here. And so the next episode will be out in two weeks. And I'm really delighted to have Baron Stefan on. He has written a lovely book about his wife who passed on and the lessons that he learned in kind of the grieving process of saying goodbye to her. It's a really heartfelt conversation that I was honored to have with him. And that'll be coming in a couple weeks. And then of course we get into February. So I hope you guys will come on back for that conversation in a couple weeks. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy. 